This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Welcome to What's Up, Doc? A medical podcast brought to you by Decatur Orthopedic Center and featuring Dr. Sams, Dr. Sullivan, and Newhoff Media's Luke Hiley. Welcome back to downtown Decatur. Uh, this is Luke. I'm here with Dr. Sams. Is flying solo from Dr. Sullivan today, so it's just going to be uh, the two of us and we're just going to chat a little, little random episode today. We don't have uh, a ton on, um, on the docket to talk about, uh, orthopedics wise, but we're going to talk some, some sports and, um, just take it from there. See where this episode leads us. You never know. You just never know. How are you? Dr. Sam's doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Good. What's been going on at DOC? You know, just that uh, end of the year rush, um, you know, have people coming in. We're trying to help people with their uh, end of the year. Uh, I've been given a lot of Christmas shots, a lot of people getting a little juiced up for the holidays. They mm-hmm. want to be able to enjoy it without that, you know, aches and pains of their, their joints. And then obviously the, the surgery rush um, has been in full force. So been been staying very busy. Obviously, uh, you know, kids sports on top of that makes mm-hmm. for a busy time. Yeah, we talked a lot about uh, the rush at the end of the year for surgeries in our last episode. So uh, go back and check that out, too. That was an interesting conversation. Uh, so uh, how are the kids sports going? You coach uh, you coach eighth grade basketball at Mount Zion? Yeah, I coach eighth grade basketball at Mount Zion with my brother, uh, Michael, and uh, have a lot of fun doing it. Um, really enjoy the kids. And really the best part of it is seeing the kids get better. That's, that's the whole appeal of youth sports is seeing these kids get better so um definitely some challenging uh challenging moments um that every coach experiences but it's also very rewarding to see them we had a big win uh last week we knocked off uh chatham who got third last year so mm-hmm. an overtime win man that gets my blood pressure up my, yeah. my my smart watch thinks i'm working out and i'm just on the bench <laughs> yeah. you know so it's uh it's a lot of fun but staying busy had a had a game uh, in the last week or so where I had a good intersection with sports and orthopedics. Had a young man who was playing at here, one of the schools locally, and it was basketball play, nothing nothing dirty, just a basketball play that ended up with a kid, you know, kind of landing awkwardly on his on his arm. And the play immediately stopped with everybody going, ooh, and it was, uh, you know, obviously a broken arm. And so, you know, I was thankful to be able to be there and help him in that moment. It's not very often I'm right there on the field um, in this in this community or on the court, but I was able to see it and help him, and we got him over to the hospital and got him taken care of. So that was kind of the, the interesting uh, case of the week, so to speak, kind what, of being in the field. Yeah, what type of – so what do you do – just in okay, so you have an obvious broken arm. Is it called a displaced fracture? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that happened. Is it clearly a a broken arm? What do you do to help that kid there on the spot on the basketball floor? You know, so the first thing is is try to give them some peace of mind, right? There, there's obviously a lot of of anxiety over it. Um, a lot of kids, you know, may may not like the sight of of uh, a deformity on their extremity, but um, you know. I was asking if we had any splinting material, um, was not available. And so I didn't want to do a reduction. You know, you could consider saying, Hey, let me see if I can reduce this is the medical orthopedic jargon for saying, make it straight. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that on the field right then, you can actually do that sometimes easier before that swelling occurs, right? Mm -hmm. Because swelling is going to peak, you know, as the hours go on. Um, and so if you can get to it quick, that may be an easier reduction, but 
with with no splinting material, I didn't know how stable it was. And you, you reduce it, you put a kid through that, and then it kind of slides back in that same position. Yeah, they don't look at you with a whole lot of trust at that <laughs> right. point. So yeah, it's something that you want to make sure you have the stuff to hold it. So, um, but yeah, we got him over to the hospital, got it reduced, got him all splinted up, and and you know got him out of there. So uh, he'll be good. You'll miss a good chunk of the season, but. Overall, he'll be good. How painful is that? I mean, is it? Uh, is that? Does your does your body go into shock? Uh, is it extremely painful? Does it matter on you know on a person to person basis? No, I think that I think that those there there are some them, some truths to that. So shock, I would say a form of that, but you have a, a response in the in the body, mm-hmm. and I think that the pain is very present, but it's also managed by the adrenaline of the injury. Right. Right. And so as that kind of kind of affects the overall response. Now, whenever you're assessing it and you got to see what's intact, if there's been anything else injured, mm-hmm. what happens on a displaced fracture a lot of times, a lot of the pain will be generated from the muscles going over those bone edges, right? So you think that displaced fracture, some of those edges can be pretty sharp and mm-hmm. jagged. So you take your muscle fibers and you're saying, hey, flex your fingers, or maybe you're moving your ankle and depending on where the break is, but that can be the pain where you're like, I don't want to move this. Right. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is you got to assess it to make sure you know what's intact and what's not. Right. But that can be painful. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting stuff. I've honestly always wondered that. So then my next question is going to be, um, how does you and Michael's coaching style um, compare to your father's? I played for your dad um, in seventh grade at Mount Zion. I was not a good basketball player. I was probably one of the last people to make the team. Um, We were a really good team. Michael was very good. We had multiple other good players, and we went to state. But uh, And I I liked playing for your dad. I will preface that. I liked playing for your dad. But in seventh grade, that was a bit of a shock. Um, he was, he demanded a lot of you, um, yelled a lot. We ran a lot. We were in good shape. Um, and how, so, and you grew up with that obviously as well. You know exactly what I'm talking about, probably even more so than I do. Um, so how does your coaching strategy, uh, or just style, I guess, compare to, to that? And that was back in 1998. So times are different now anyway. (laughs) You know, times are different, but I don't know if it's genetic or if it's just learned behavior, but I would say it's very similar. Yes. It's very similar. And, you know, I I think that when you get past that, right, you may not enjoy it in that moment, mm-hmm. but you get past it, and as you get more to an adult, you go, it was good for me. Absolutely, right? yes. And I know that he helped me, and I didn't like him. I yeah. didn't like him during that season when I was my seventh grade year, and I was like, but after that, I felt like I learned a lot about myself and my whole perception of what was painful mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was not right. was very different. And so um, one of the things with this group is I do want to instill that. And I think that that's what, you know, not to get too philosophical, but that's what sports is. It's kind of the last frontier, in my opinion, is where else can you challenge somebody mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and, and you know where they want to stop that that comfort zone, right? Our, I'm I'm going to go off on a tangent, but our society is so much. What's your comfort? Oh, you know, people say I'm not comfortable with that, as if that should be a stopping point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's where we dig in, you yeah. know. So I feel like I've got a motivational topic every day 
with them. But the theme is we are going to outwork everybody and mm-hmm. we are in shape. And looking where they're at now compared to where we started even six weeks ago, they are so much mentally tougher now mm-hmm. than they are. But the first, there were some growing pains. Yeah. But the, uh, the thing that I don't have, and I've tried to replicate it from good old Jeff Sam's, is the stomp. The foot stomp. The foot stomp. The foot stomp. But I'll tell you this, when it works, like when you do it, it works. But I've realized like, you know, some of these dress shoes or some of these shoes are a little bit more softer sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have the good old classic, mm-hmm. like hard sold dress shoe and just stomp the floor. I don't think Jeff Sam's, from my recollection, I don't think he was wearing too many soft-soled shoes on, no, the, uh, on the sideline. No, 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 I don't think so. He could echo. He could <laughs> echo a gym. <laughs> he could echo a gym, but I tell you, it works. It gets the attention. So um, it is a lot of fun uh, to coach. Michael is more Michael is more even-keeled and, uh, you know, really good thoughts, and he's he's – a little bit like of a a calmer version um, mm-hmm. of from from myself or what my dad coached, and so he's he's great. You know, I'm I'm definitely I think I'm the bad cop. I yeah, think that's right. just a natural fit. <laughs> but I tell you this, we work. They they those boys work hard, and um, they're making progress. And that's what's again so rewarding to see is you feel like you're helping them learn a little bit about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your guys' record this year? So we are, uh, I think eight and five, eight and five. We went on. We we've won, I think six in a row, and I could be wrong. For some of our players will correct me, but we had a couple. We started off the season a, a little rougher, but again, new coaches, new system, new things. No excuses, but we have we have come a long way, mm-hmm. and we're not the same team we were even six weeks ago. So those are all those are all uh, you know positives. Have regional seeds come out yet? No. No, no, not no regional seeds yet, but uh, it's it's uh, it's fun. You know, going back to what you were saying about the running, I'm always on them, and you know, we run as you remember a lot, mm-hmm. and we are in shape, but we fight for it. And you know, what I was trying to tell these kids is like, it's not punishment, but when you're like, you, it's punishment for sure. And it's like, but guys, does anybody get stronger on the first rep? You know, you see these guys hustling hard on the first one, mm-hmm. and then you get to the, about the fourth line drill. And they're looking at you like, when is this going to stop? Right. And uh, we just keep on going. Yep. So, <laughs> and I mean, and I think you're right. And I'm sure that even boils into, you know, the athletic performance that you have at DOC. You know, I mean, you're, you're, where, where, can your, where can your body take you? That's, that's when you're getting, that's when you're getting better. 100%. And, and you have to make yourself uncomfortable, whether it be in, in just working out, but in sports, and you have got to, you know, these young people have got to learn that their comfort is not the primary concern. 100%. I think it boils into it prepares you for life. You know, you're not going to be uncomfortable your first day at a new job. You can stay at a new job. You can stay at a job for 30 years, be comfortable, but you're not You're not growing. You're not getting any better. Right. And even if you would get a promotion in the inside of the same company or whatever, that first day at that new job is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. No. And you got to be willing to to do that to better yourself. And in sports, you know, uh, baseball. You played baseball. Sports is about failure, right? You're, you're yes, you're pushing yourself in uncomfortable, but your 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 failures are very public, mm-hmm. right? You're setting yourself up to, you know, hey, I missed that shot, and it's very, you know, maybe timely. And it's just like, yeah. And, and I think sports teaches you a lot about the the humility of of For failure. Sure. So. Yeah. You learn those lessons, and then you get into the real world, and you go, 
we probably need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> we probably say. need more of that. I agree. Uh, so Mount Zion has a pretty good uh, high school basketball team as well. They're going through a good stretch for the first time in in quite a while, right? Man, I tell you, I've been to a few games, really like the team, really like the energy. You know, we need to we need to go down a little walk down memory lane because I went to the game the other night against Olney, and it was a good basketball game. Mount Zion played at a high level. And I'm saying for anybody listening that is kind of like, what are we going to do? There's good basketball in our area, mm-hmm. right? And I'm I, I'm obviously a fan of Mount Zion. I'm a fan of good basketball, and it's there. And this is like a little bit of a, a bone I got to pick, um, no pun intended. But this is something that I went in there, and the crowd was terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, they were engaged, but the number, Luke, when you and I were in high school, it was an incredible atmosphere. Right. Yes. And bringing in extra seats, you were maybe the best taunter in the history of Mount Zion. I mean, you get so far into somebody's mental bucket that it was like unnerving. It was. It was a lot of fun. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that skill set and have that that uh, atmosphere is something that I look back on and you go. Again, you're in the moment. You don't realize how special it is, mm-hmm. right? So much of life is, I didn't realize how special it was. That, for me, is something to go back and... But, you know, I... So over the Thanksgiving holiday, I was watching uh, a game online, which is a really cool technology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got uh, family. My wife's family's from northern Indiana, southern mm-hmm. Michigan, and they're watching my kids. The game, live, right on YouTube. That's right. awesome. Yep. That's awesome technology. But on that game that was over the, th- the holiday, there was a, there were 150 people watching online. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to argue that in a small uh, Midwest, our communities, you take 150 people and put them into the stands. That's going to affect the atmosphere of that game. Makes a big difference. Huge difference. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to even, I don't know if this is even possible. They should black out the games. If you live within the Mount Zion, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I say Mount Zion. If you live within this geographic area, right, right, zip code, your IP address, I'm like not that techie, so that's probably the most technologically thing I can say related yeah. to the internet. Right. Your IP address is like saying you're within a, a decent, blacked out. Go watch the game. Go watch the game. Because yeah. it's better in real person, oh, in real life. But I'm like, that, I look back at that and... I would love to go back and like get a, a picture of that game or our games mm-hmm. and be like, we need to recreate this. This is what it used to be. This is yeah. what it used to be. And I know that sounds like we're now old guys, you know, talking, but it was special. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think, though? I mean, clearly at your time of going through Mount Zion basketball and honestly, downstate basketball in general. Okay. Mount Zion, a school of, of 800 kids at the time, it was probably more like 700 produced. I don't know, eight division one basketball players and probably a five or a six year period, starting with you and Neil Plank and Matt McCollum and ending with, with Mark Yelovich and the long twins. And there were multiple others in between. Um, the buildup for your senior season with three division one basketball players on one small Midwestern farm town team was obviously 
something that was rare and will probably never be never be duplicated i it so if that were the case today do you think that crowds would still be so i've got i guess i'm saying take your team and place them in 2023 the crowds be what they are today or would they be what they were back then or probably somewhere in between you know, I, I don't know. I think that most re- realistically it'd be somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think you take the people that uh, we got to understand that it was a buildup, right? You mm-hmm. know, you start having that success. And I, I really attribute it to the, the, the people that played before me that I looked up to. You know, there was guys that I when I was a fifth grader, I was like, I just hope someday I can play like they do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that that's building the program. And, and you have that... Um, it, it will build upon itself. And there was a few years, you know, not too long ago that Mountain Zion wasn't as competitive as maybe they were back in our time. But that being said, um, I don't know that it would ever been as feverish right, as what we saw. Because here's the deal. Mountain Zion, and I know MacArthur's really good. There's some good squads mm-hmm. that you like basketball. There's kind of no reason for you not to have built-in entertainment all winter long. Right. Like, it's good. Yeah. And, I mean, athletes, just straight athletes, talented, good footwork if you like different styles. Um, So I I think that I'd love to see it kind of trend back. I guess that would be the thing is Mount Zion and other places have good programs. Um, Is it going to trend back to where all of a sudden you say, hey, you you, got to go check it out. You got to go see it for yourself. Um, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to still stay on that one. Like, I don't care if it gets to, to capacity, you take 150 people yeah, and you say you're in the stands or you're not, mm-hmm. it's going to change the, yeah. the way it feels. Yeah. And then they'll bring back the bleachers yeah. at the end. And then all of a sudden the mm-hmm. next generation of Luke Hiley could, you know, <laughs> come back. It was fun. <laughs> and, and it's different. And, it, and it's, it's difficult to, it would be difficult to even go to the game and try and describe to them what it was like, the atmosphere for for these games. I mean, and on top of that, you guys, Mountain Zion High School and Eisenhower and MacArthur, for that matter, played games against Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, Richard McBride, multiple, multiple NBA players and good NBA players. Right. And, you know... That and I, I don't know that there's that level of I don't know that there's that level of basketball currently downstate, but I know MacArthur's good. I know Mountain Zion's good, and it would be it would be difficult to explain. And even sitting here, you know, behind a microphone, it's difficult to put into words the electricity that you can feel when at, at some of those games. I mean, it was, I I would guarantee you there were more people at our JV games than at the varsity and, and they you had to get there cuz otherwise there wasn't a spot were, and, and it, it was it was, yeah. it was it was it was a packed house so mm-hmm. um yeah i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to keep pressing on that cuz i want to see it come back to uh to that uh that level of of excitement it was fun and again i'm the old guy now saying man it was really good back in that day i think we can get there uh and get at least get really close mm-hmm. to it cuz i think that the basketball is really good and uh, I think that it's something that I, might, might, I get no one, no, you know, you and I don't get any kickback for saying this. People should go out and watch this basketball. Yeah, right. Um, 
I, and I think it, it and it's a, it's a great, it's an interesting conversation to have sports wise because people are going to argue. <coughs> I'm going to a bears game this weekend with my family. It's going to be on Sunday, 35 degrees. And I've been, I've sat at a bears game when it was eight degrees, two degrees. Um, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty miserable. <laughs> now, should I, with the, with the TV experience continuing to get better, a lot of people are going to argue um, it's better. You're better off sitting on your couch and watching, but I don't think that people understand the reason for being at sporting events and just being a part of, you know, at a bears game, it's 65,000 people at a high school basketball game. It might be 2000 people, but you're a part of something and the, the electricity and the atmosphere is just, really difficult to explain. It does not come through a TV screen. Ever. Ever. Right? There's very few things. You may have the last play or a last drive of a Super Bowl, which I, you know, I've never had the privilege of going to, that I'm like, it's on the edge of your seat, mm -hmm. right? But when you're in the stadium, it can be palpable of the energy right there. Absolutely. And so to, to say like, hey, you know, it's just as good on TV, I'm going to to say no way yeah I no agree. way now i will say another thing for basketball it's always 70 and sunny in that yeah, that's gym true. that's a good point, <laughs> that's a good point. I, mean, I don't know about the energy when you're like two degrees yes but i tell you what i don't see you know when they show the people on tv that you know have their shirts off or they're in those places they don't look miserable either though no they're not <laughs> and i mean and i've been to some cold games when the bears stink and you're literally sitting there going what the hell am I doing here? Like, <laughs> this is, this is dumb. But also I, I was at the, I was at the 2006 NFC championship game. Um, it was snowing. It was in the low thirties and it could have been miserable if the Bears stunk, but they won the NFC championship game. They were going to the Super Bowl. It's probably one of my top sporting memories as being there that night. And it would not have felt the same way if I was watching that on TV. Right. You know, a no. hundred, no just, it's just not the same. No way. And it's a memory that, that I will have forever. And it's why I take, I'm going to take my son, my four-year-old son, I'm going to take him to games because I want him to feel the same way, you know? And, uh, I'll, I'll just, I, I hope he has those memories because I've had a lot of really good memories being at sporting events. So I was able to help last year my oldest son is a uh strong duke basketball fan and there's not a lot to not like about him i know people mm -hmm. don't need to love him or hate him but uh, he's a he's a fan and uh and, and i mean you know when it's a blue duke blue devil day because he has got blue devil shoes on socks shorts cap i mean mm -hmm. you know in the house when duke's playing yep and so last year he went uh to March Madness, got to see the first two rounds, mm -hmm. and him and my wife went and got some, you know, good seats. He got to be; they were kind of by the tunnel, so he got to give all the guys five. And you know, for a thirteen-year-old boy, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And we've done a few, you know, fun trips as family and um, other things. He's like by far the best trip I've ever been on. Yeah, was to go watch Duke. Mm -hmm. You know, and so sports has that right where right, you're for sure. It's it's yeah, it's a game, but. It just can, it, it, it's it's awesome. Yep. It's awesome. And it was cool to see him so darn excited to mm -hmm. give Kyle Filipowski a high five, you right. know? That was yep. cool.
Yeah. But talking about college, let's talk about let's talk about the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. What is your reaction to the committee's top four? My main reaction to the whole thing is as a college football fan, and I'm not a huge college football fan, mainly because I uh mainly because I insist on rooting for teams within my geographical boundaries and Illinois football just just stinks. So I'm not a huge college football fan, but still follow it strongly. And my overall opinion of the whole thing is fans are rooting for an imperfect system. You you're you're letting people decide you know four teams every every level basically of sports not only of football but of sports there is a playoff where 32 64 teams make a playoff and they go to determine a championship for some reason and it's because of bowl games and money for some reason college football decided a long time ago first it was two teams and we're just going to pick them it's just a vote we're just going to pick who the two teams are then they went to the BCS, a computer picked who the teams were. And now we're back to people picking who the teams are. And I just feel like, you know, you root, you're following an imperfect product. I, ideally, and they're, they're moving to 12 teams next year, so it almost becomes a moot point. But um, it's an imperfect product. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Florida State. Here's my go ahead. Well, I just I would say I agree. It's imperfect. It is. It is though something that I think it's absolutely egotistical for the committee to think that they can pick the top four. Uh, but it's their job, though. It is their job. But but here's the thing: is we know upsets happen at every level. So. What NFL team is the wild card and they make it to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Do you get hot at the right time? How many momentum shifts are in sports where just the right thing has to happen? So we're talking about amateurs. Now we're talking about the highest level of amateur football. But it's something that you have this. So my heart breaks for Florida State. Mm-hmm. And I think the NCAA did this to themselves. And you're right. It's about bowl games. It's about money. But the, the Florida State has been robbed of an opportunity, right? You fight all season long. And now let's remember, they're talking about, they're taking into this guy's injury. This is really what bothers me. They're taking into that they've lost their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Big deal. It is a big deal. I'm not I'm not minimizing that. But you're now saying that the third string quarterback at Florida State, so mind you, he's probably one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the country, mm-hmm. right? He now, that rest of that team, the seniors, the juniors on that team, they don't even get a chance. They were perfect. They did everything that they possibly could, and you don't even get a shot. That is the that flies in the face of what sports is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me what's supposed to happen. Throw the ball up, kick it off, and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yep. And that's where I'm. I'm, I really feel bad for them that they they kind of just got robbed Mm -hmm. of that. They'll never get that opportunity. Yeah. Right. How how many great teams don't go a perfect thirteen and Mm zero? So could Alabama be a top four team? I'm not arguing that they don't deserve to have a chance. Yep. I'm just saying that the committee did this to themselves. And you know what? Shame on them. Yep. When I say the committee, the NCAA did NCAA, this to themselves. Yep, right. We should have 15 years ago went to a playoff system. Yes, absolutely. And 
So I I feel bad. I don't get into this. Well, Alabama's better because of the third string. It's regardless. If you're 13 and 0, you win your conference and you're in power five, you can go down that list of things. Give them a shot. Yep. I agree. And I think I, I think a bit I think if you sat down and had a conversation with some of the people on that committee, you might be shocked at how little they know about college football. It is just kind of my feeling and maybe sports in general, because I, I, I do feel the same way that you do about, about Florida state. My, my gut instinct would be in this, this obviously would never happen, but I feel like with sports gambling taking off the way that it is, I feel like Vegas should be the one who picks the four teams. They know more. They know who the four best teams are more so than anybody else. Right. You know, but it's going to be fixed next year. Fixed. I guess you're going to have the same argument about the 11th and 12th teams, but I think it's it's more favorable. You're going to get in everybody who possibly has a chance to win the national championship. Here's what I think will happen. They'll expand it to beyond 12. Once they figure out how to capitalize on it monetarily. Hey, on, right, for sure. They haven't for figured sure. that out yeah. yet, and they're just uncertain. Are we going to have a, a net loss compared to the bowl mm-hmm. system? As soon as they figure that out, we'll have 24 teams, something like that. I mean, every week there's a top 25. Absolutely. They know who it is every yeah. week. So, you know, in that in that case, you know, just like the basketball, um, you have 64 teams. You know, somebody was asking, like, I was talking to somebody that said 12 is too many. I'm like, why? Has has anybody ever said men's basketball, like, 64 teams is too many? No. No. They've said, they've said, this is great. We actually have play in games because the guys on the margin, 16s are beating Mm -hmm. ones. Yep. Should not ever happen. Nope. The odds of it should not happen. And it's happened, what, two out of the last four years? Uh, The 16 beating a one happened once, right? No, it's twice now. Is it twice now? Well, it was Virginia, and then I thought it just happened to at Purdue. Maryland, Baltimore County. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. we got two in the yep. last three seasons or mm-hmm. two in the last four. Yep. And I'm like, this is further evidence. Let them play. Get the teams in. Let yeah. them play. Totally agree. I totally agree. And I'm looking forward to it being 12 because I think at that point you've got everybody in who legitimately has a shot to win the national championship. Yeah. Um. My gut instinct is that Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan are currently the four best teams in college football. Now that how disappointed I, do you think Michigan was? Did you see the video? Did you see that I reaction? I did. I did. I <laughs> that mean, that wasn't a great look for Michigan. <laughs> no, no. I thought, oh, I can't believe they let anybody actually record it. I know, because, you know, or get it out because right. it was like, oh no. <laughs> They thought they were playing Florida State with a third-string quarterback, and all of a sudden they're playing Alabama with probably 14 defensive starters in the NFL coming up. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, changing the game plan. <laughs> changing the game plan. But it will be good. I mean, of the four teams, all of them are deserving. Um, I think it will be a good college football uh, playoff. Yeah. I do think it will be uh, – I think it will be very competitive. Sometimes – Alabama in the past has been so strong that it's like, uh, you know, or or Mm -hmm. Georgia, right? They're so strong. Are they going to run away with it? And they sometimes do. This, I think, is going to be a fight. Yeah. I I think NIL has caused parity across across college sports, which you you could go on. We could talk for an hour about NIL. um, But 
I do think one thing it has done is create parity across college sports. And um, I think that's extremely evident across the four teams that are in the college football playoff this year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it's, if it does create that parity, um, that's good for viewers. Yep. It's good for viewers. Yep. And college football, I, I believe, and I, I haven't, uh, I haven't looked into it uh, a lot, but I've seen on X, formerly Twitter, that it has been the highest watched uh, college football season of all time, and I think that the the playoff is going to continue that for sure. Yeah, so it'll be good. Yeah. Well, this was a fun conversation. I, I maybe we maybe we should have a sports show too on top of <laughs> on top of what's up, Doc. Hey, we can we can sprinkle in a little bit of orthopedics. We can sprinkle in some sports. I mean, we don't know where this is going to go. That's right. We, we, there are no scripts on what's up, Doc. No, none at all. Let it fly. We got my four year old, which is exactly what this is exactly what Jeff Sams used to say to you when you were playing that, basketball. Just Luke, let it fly. Let it fly, baby. <laughs> let it fly. Every and that's what I did because when I got into a game, we were up thirty, and Luke Luke was getting it on the rim. He was going to let it fly. <laughs> that was shot. the last year that I played organized basketball because I realized, you know, I'm more of a rec league player. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't real good, but that was a it was a good year. I we went to state. It was fun. That's awesome. All right, we will catch you next time on What's Up, Doc. Thank you very much, Dr. Sams. Hey, happy to be here. We missed you, Dr. Sullivan, a little bit. A little bit. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.